The off season is officially over. It is time for Ohio State football. That's why we're back in this very building, breaking it all down as a random instrument plays, I think, in the it's rotunda at Ohio tuba. State. I don't care what it is. I'm talking football, Tim. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May. That's Andy Backstrom. I am Spencer Holbrook. Fellas, it's officially game week. How's it feel, Tim, to be back? Feels like game week, man. It's like as we record this, it's about 63 degrees here in Ohio Stadium. It's going to get up to a high of like 70-something. My point is football season is upon us. There will be, of course, that little respite back into uh, probably high temperatures as this goes along. But point is, when I was walking out to my barn this morning, the temperature was 57 degrees. And I go, it's football season. It's football season. Andy? Hey, I just watched four hours of UMass, New Mexico State the other day. I'm Sicko. ready for four hours. actual football to happen. The now. game only lasted two hours. Yeah, well. <laughs> he rewatched it. Yeah. This man is an absolute sicko a degenerate in every form he probably even had money on the minute man but at least he won the bet uh we're going to talk about not well, that interject something you only appreciate the top when you watch the bottom exactly so go ahead now i think that can be taken many ways tim but we're going to take it a football direction uh tim everybody's talking quarterbacks this week yes everybody's talking quarterbacks this week um you have five days until game day. How are you feeling? As we stand here right now, I'm thinking uh, Indiana and Ohio State are going to pull the same ploy. Tom Allen says he knows who his starting quarterback is, but didn't name him between Taven Jackson and uh, Brandon Sorsby. I've got a feeling that right now, uh, Ryan Day knows who he's probably going to send out there for the first snap of the 2023 season. It would not surprise me if he doesn't necessarily tell us on Tuesday uh, and I do believe both quarterbacks are going to play. That's my latest uh, cognitive uh, uh, crystal ball kind of uh, uh, update on the quarterback situation. He may tell us uh, on Tuesday that this guy's a starter. He's going to be the starter for the rest of the year. I don't anticipate that, though. <laughs> yeah, but he could. And that's the weirdest well, know, thing about this whole he thing. Until he says whatever he says. That's what's folly to uh, say this guy's going to be the guy. Yeah, I would say as of right now, and I'm going to kick it over to Andy here in a second. I would say as of right now, if I were placing a large amount of money on who would take the first snap, even if he says it's going to be very split, I would say Kyle McCord will take the first snap because of the veteran thing. And Ryan Day said, oh, you probably give the first snap to the veteran a couple yeah, weeks ago. Of course. But yeah, I don't expect a decision on Tuesday at all, but I do expect both of them to play uh, against Indiana. Andy, how are you feeling about this right now? I'm the same way as you guys. I think it'll be both quarterbacks playing Saturday at Indiana. I think that's a good thing for this program. I don't think there should be any panic about that. Kyle McCord probably would take the first snap in that scenario, given the experience, given that he's already started a game. But that doesn't mean that we wouldn't see Devin Brown in the first quarter. I would hope, as someone covering this team, that they would at least alternate every couple series or, or whatnot. Maybe some kind of way we can see them both in each quarter. I would like to see that. And it's not a bad thing to get more game data or just game data, period. We've not seen Devin Brown throw a collegiate pass. We have not seen that happen yet. He didn't even play in the spring game this year. So there's a lot to be seen, a lot to be judged and evaluated. And I think that it really can only be a good thing for Ohio State. I don't think this is going to be a game where you're sweating out any kind of victory. Just try to see more data, get some more stuff to analyze and, and make a better decision for the rest of the year. My favorite part about this whole exercise is we, in so many ways and fashions, we have basically talked about the same thing now for months and definitely the last several weeks agreed that yes. uh, it's going to be an interesting call. Whoever the starting quarterback is, he's going to step into a sports car that's ready to rock and roll. Maybe an Indy car or Formula One car. We'll see how uh, 
everything uh, shakes out because they the funny thing is they figured out their offensive line we know who the starting right tackle is going to be we're pretty sure it's going to be josh fryer we know who the starting left tackle is going to be transfer from san diego state josh simmons they started uh the the preseason on opposite sides of that uh so we know that we pre pretty much figure carson hensman's going to be the starter at center yeah but we still don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be i'm talking about long term here we are uh six days away from the kickoff five it's monday okay whatever five and a half days from the kickoff however many days it is i am sick and tired of talking about these quarterbacks without being able to watch them play the damn game i just want to watch them play football We've talked so much. So How, Ryan Day. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? We have no idea. Who's it going to be? Ryan Day doesn't know. I'm just ready to watch him well, play football. Well, you have football. an educated guess. An educated guess is Cal McCord takes the first snap of the 2023 season. What I does don't... that mean? Right? What does that mean? Uh, it's a quarterback competition. I expect it to go into at least the uh, – unless somebody just falls flat on their face on Saturday, I expect it to go in, through at least the first three games before we figure this out. But that's that was the point that I was, I was getting at is, like, I'm just excited to watch – football and to get be able to have some real data for, on both of these guys indiana i wrote it on lettermanroad.com on monday morning indiana is going to send blitz after blitz after blitz at ohio state ohio state's How offensive line ohio state's offensive line has to be able to figure that out and that's going to affect the quarterbacks then you're going to get youngstown state and i don't think we're going to learn anything about either of those guys against youngstown state unless one of them plays poorly because right. receivers are going to be running wide open the running backs are going to be able to run the ball very easily like i'm very confident about next week I'm excited to see this week. And then Western Kentucky, Ohio State's going to have to score at least a little bit of points unless it's like an Arkansas State from a couple years ago where it's just a, a bloodbath from the jump. So all that is to say, we're going to jump into something. I'm, I have not warned either of you. They will attest to it. They have no idea what I'm about to say. Tim, like do you know surprises. what I'm about to say? I've always enjoyed surprises. Andy, do you know what I'm about to say? Okay, Tim, I am limiting you to one thing. I'm limiting Andy to one thing, and then I'm limiting to myself one thing. One thing, non-quarterbacks, one thing you're excited about five days from now. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Sonny Styles, what kind of impact is he going to make on the defense? Sonny Styles, I'm very much looking forward to see how they utilize Sonny Styles, number six. Travion Henderson, it's been talked about all offseason. Is he going to be the same guy we saw in 2021? Is he going to bounce back from last season? When Ryan Day is asked about the running backs, it's Travion Henderson and then the other four guys. It's not Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, and then the other three. It's Travion Henderson leading that pack. Can he be the same guy he was in 2021 when he was a star in this stadium? Not just Ryan Day, Tony Alford, same way. You yes. know what I mean? I mean, they, as much as you like to look at this as a group, as a corral of five running backs, they clearly know who their lead horse is, and it's Travion Henderson, a healthy Travion Henderson. Uh, you guys left the door open for me. I'm going to take Kenyatta Jackson, uh, a guy who – I asked Jim Knowles just straight up, when did it become JT, Jack, and Kenyatta rather than just JT and Jack when, that we were talking about in the winter? And he said spring. He just showed up, and he's continued to make plays, and he has not stopped. A lot of times, these guys will make that leap in the spring, and then it kind of fizzles out as you start to form a depth chart. Okay, who can we actually trust? Who's not just out there free-flowing, free making plays, but who can we trust? Kenyatta Jackson has built that trust. He hasn't just made the plays. We've seen guys, don't mean to call anybody out, but like, you know, I use like a Kai Stokes as an example last year, making plays in the spring when it's not very structured. Once you get into the structure, though, of a game week, of what it's like to earn that trust, he's not on the field. Well, I'll be honest, in the spring, I was seeing Kenyatta Jackson against a poorly constructed offensive line we didn't know much about. And I was like, I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain that into the fall. 
he has. And so I'm very excited to see. He looks like a little bit more athletic of a, of a defensive end than both Jack and JT. And I think those guys are really athletic, but there's such different styles. You know, I really like Kenyatta yes. Bend. I like the way he is, you know, I hate He those. looks like a defensive end. He looks like a marauding defensive end. I mean, I had G. Scott on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, excuse me, the Tim May Show, the father of G. Scott Jr. And uh, bottom line is he says he walked into a practice. They, the, you know, the family's got to come to a practice, uh, open practice at one point in the preseason. And he goes, the first thing you did when you walked in the door is you go, who the heck is this 97 guy? I mean, he knew who he was, but he just jumped out at him. You know, you guys had to rein me back in the spring when I just kept talking about Kenyatta Jackson because I've rarely seen a guy go from his first year to his second year and make this kind of leap from just a pure impression standpoint. Uh, he's definitely going to play. Question is, when he goes in the game, is he going in for JT Tuimolo? How is he going in for Jack Sawyer? Or all three, you know, obviously on passing downs, they get all, all four of those defensive ends in there. But uh, the, the interesting thing is going to be is going to be who he goes in for, who does he spell, and does he make a play when he's in there? I think he's a perfect complement to both JT and Jack. It's not going to surprise me if JT and Jack are in on one side a little more often as the season goes on, and Kenyatta may be the athletic guy on the other side. To you mean three defensive ends and a tackle? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm talking about the the possibility of Jack or JT playing on one side and Kenyatta playing on the other because that's two different defensive ends on the field at once to have to account for. And I think Jack and JT have a lot of similarities in the way that they play. Not as much power in Kenyatta, but I think that the speed and athleticism's there. That's why I'm so excited to see how this defense operates. I, I did, again, I'll plug it shamelessly, Letterman Row on Monday, how does the defensive rotation look this week? That will be so telling. How they rotate the safeties, how they rotate the corners, how, you know, Andy, you've talked about it extensively with the safeties, but it applies to the entire defense. You've got Cody Simon drawing praise and CJ Hicks and at linebacker. You've got Hero Canoe even being talked about as a guy who's going to play a lot. Uh, you know, defensive ends. You've got to rein it in somehow, but I, I think this rotation might be pretty deep here at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I'm really interested with the safeties because Sonny Styles is going to be on the field pretty much at all times, it seems like. Doesn't mean he's always going to be at nickel or Sam or strike spot, as Jim Knowles likes to call it in all different ways, but I think yeah. he could move around. So, like, if he starts at nickel, fine, but then you could see Cam Martinez coming at nickel and then they could move Sonny Styles to the bandit spot or even high up the adjuster spot. I think he's going to be on the field for a large chunk of snaps. Would not surprise me at all if Sonny Styles ends this season top three in defensive snaps on this team. I feel like that's just how important it is for him to be on the field. But that doesn't mean he's going to be at the nickel spot every down. Like I think Cam Martinez is going to be in there a good bit. We haven't talked about him a ton recently. We saw him there in spring. He's played pretty well in camp as well. I know he was dinged up for a little bit, but I think he's healthy. And if he's in that rotation, I think that's a good thing for Ohio State, matching up with some of those faster receivers in the slot. I think the flugelhorn guy agrees with you, if people can hear this. I mean, clearly the band's even getting warmed up for the opening of football season. Uh, yeah, to me, it's going to be interesting. We keep talking about sunny styles and different positions and stuff. I think what we're going to end up calling is just the styles position because he can put him anywhere almost anywhere on the field. I mean, he's talked about him rushing off the edge, for example, augmenting uh, what they hope is an enhanced uh, pass rush this year. We'll see where that goes, but uh, barring injury or getting banged up, I think we're gonna see, like you said, a lot of Sonny Styles. Can I name the next guy I'm interested in seeing on Saturday? Let me check the rule book. Um, 
I'll allow it because it's it's, I'll allow it because it's week one. You're like a baseball umpire. If you don't remember the rule, just make it up. Uh, <laughs> Carnell Tate. I'm very interested in seeing Carnell Tate and how that rotation at wide receiver is going to look in the first three games, especially. But they're talking way too much. I'm talking about the coaches, Brian Hartline, uh, Ryan Day, right on down the line. Uh, they're talking way too much about Carnell Tate for him not to be a factor in the rotation from day one. Freshman wide receiver. All right, Andy, I'm going to start with you on this one. Uh, a new little bit of an, a shift here uh, on the Monday before. We're going to do, it's called the Monday after. We did that all year last year. It's called the Monday before this week because we haven't seen any football, but we are going to reflect a little bit. Uh, you watch the entirety of UMass New Mexico State. If you talk about that game, I may throw you off this uh, set of this show, and I may just throw you out on the field. Uh, but give him only a minute because it's the if, minute man. If you have a takeaway from just what you saw on Saturday that may impact Ohio State, whatever you want to do, uh, USC played, Notre Dame played, Vanderbilt played. If you want to throw them in there, uh, anything that you saw that piqued your interest when it, as it relates to Ohio State now that week zero is that's in the books? That's a, I mean, I think we that's have too to easy talk. No, we got to talk about Notre Dame. Like, you <laughs> have Hartman. to. It's the week four matchup. We all say that Ohio State needs to figure out its quarterback situation by then. They have some wiggle room the first three weeks. But, hey, Notre Dame has its quarterback. Might be the best quarterback they've had since Jimmy Clausen there. And I've watched Sam Hartman for years now, since 2018 when he was at Wake. And, look, the shift he made – the reason why he's 24 years old and still playing college football, he could have gone to the NFL if he wanted. He probably would have been a day three pick somewhere. But look, he wanted to be in a pro-style system. He went from an RPO system at Wake to now a pro-style system at Notre Dame. And I know it was Navy. That's a bad Navy team. But he looked awfully comfortable in that pro-style system. That is a quarterback there for Notre Dame. It's not Drew Pine. It's not Tyler Buchner. That is a quarterback for Notre Dame. And that's something to watch out for. Yes. for Ohio State in week four. What's interesting to me, though, is uh, as I watched him, and this is just nitpicking, uh, there were some mismatches, Notre Dame's uh, receivers, not necessarily just pure talent, but uh, size-wise and everything else. And, uh, you know, I thought Hartman was was pretty on point, but he was all but in, in terms of his completion percentage, et cetera. But there were a lot of balls thrown behind, a lot of, ball, a lot of balls that, uh, that guys came back for, et cetera, that against Navy I think you get away with. We'll see if, in fact, uh, four weeks from now you get away with that against an Ohio State defense. But I really like Hartman. You know, he's 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 challenging Tristan Jebbia for the longest uh, quarterback in uh, maybe Division One history, longest tenured quarterback in Division One. This this is his sixth season, right? Yeah, I mean, yes. redshirted first year, week first. So uh, that that to me was telling. And Notre Dame definitely uh, against that whatever that Navy offense was had it going on defensively. I mean, got after those guys and pretty much, for the most part, shut them down. That that stood out to me. That was a very impressive opener. Now, can Notre Dame carry that momentum in, into hosting uh, Eddie George and the Tennessee State Tigers on this coming Saturday? That remains to be seen. I was impressed with Notre Dame. Um, also, the United States Naval Academy's football team. Whew, that's a bad football team, boys. No destroyers that's a, in that, uh, in that fleet. Option. That's a that's a bad there football team. no destroyers team. in that fleet. The battleships took it took it uh, broadside. But I was still impressed. Notre Dame did what it was supposed to do. It took care of business. Sam Hartman looked good. Again, I saw the same things, Tim. That there were some balls thrown behind receivers. There was a little bit of chemistry issues. Those are going to have to be wrinkled out by September twenty third, or ironed out. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the other thing that I was going to touch on is I don't think Ohio State fans should have to worry about USC at all. 
um, this year as it pertains to the college football playoff. And I don't think Ohio State will end up seeing them in a bowl game, but if they do, it will be bad because USC's defense is still bad. I don't, I'm not giving them the week zero benefit of the doubt. You're playing against San Jose State. You're giving up third and 22. You're giving up a 40 yard scramble to a quarterback. I like San Jose State's quarterback. The fact that I said San Jose State's quarterback tells me that USC should have been better and it wasn't. And that's on Alex Grinch. And it's hilarious that he even has that job because he shouldn't still, but he does. And so we're going to continue to tell him that he shouldn't have that job because it's just bad. It doesn't look good. The, the, the blitz packages they were using on third and long show me that they don't trust their defensive line to just get home against San Jose State. They're going to lose two or three games this year in the Pac-12, and I don't think they'll be a, a player in the college football playoff yeah. because of that. And it's really sad because Caleb Williams is freaking awesome and he won't get to play in the college football playoff. But that's my big takeaway from week zero, aside from obviously the Notre Dame thing. Yeah, I try not to assign too much to opening game showings, uh, but you can't sidestep that one. I mean, no. uh, and now San Jose State, you know, they've, they've benefited from the transfer portal, like a lot of teams are. Like Indiana's got 23 players from the transfer portal this year compared, you know, I mean, that have changed that team's look to a certain extent. But they're not player. They're not guys whose uh, names just jump out at you, except for maybe Taven Jackson, uh, the uh, transfer, who's obviously who's originally from the same high school as Caden Curry, Center Grove High School in uh, in Greenwood over there, Greenwood, Indiana. Went to Tennessee, got beat out by Joe Milton, or saw the handwriting on the wall that Joe Milton, a washout from the from Michigan, was going to beat him out and transfer to Indiana. So. Uh, you know, it's really going to be curious what we're going to see from Indiana on Saturday from a new look kind of standpoint. But, uh, you know, Southern Cal, California, I expected more of an improvement defensively. I agree with you 100% based on clearly the shortcomings of that team a year ago. That's the bottom line. It's like you can't play like that kind of defense and expect to win college football games at the highest level because eventually you're going to get exposed. Is that Oregon? Is that Washington? Is it UCLA? I don't know. Is it Arizona State that exposes this USC defense? Are we spending it's, that much time on USC because they're going to be a Big Ten member next year? Is that what we're doing? No, it's there were 10 games, and most of them featured teams that I don't care about. <laughs> and one of them was a team that broke my heart by having its starting quarterback get hurt in the second drive of the year when they probably should have won on the West Coast. So I don't want to talk about it. Wow. So I'm, instead, we're going to talk about USC because there's something to take away from that. You have them in the college football playoff, potentially yeah. against Ohio State. So yeah. we have to talk about it. If they're one of the only games, only games to talk about. You had to throw that back at right, right in my face. That quickly. absolutely. Yeah. And when they lose, I'll make sure to remind well, you. Well, I just again. figure as an homage to the to the Pac-12, they're going to get a team in, and we all pick three different teams from the Pac-12 to make the Final Four. Right, the final Final Four. Well, here's where I feel much better about my Oregon pick, and I think you should feel better about your Washington pick, because I I just don't see USC as being one of those. Serious college football playoff contenders. They got the re they got the returning Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, Caleb Williams was fun. That's what I'm gonna say. Hey, like that defense is a mess. I agree. But look, Caleb. If you Williams, outscore people, you outscore people. If you outscore people, you outscore people, and you do that in Pac-12. That is possible to do. And Caleb Williams was awesome to watch. That drop, snap, turn, touchdown throw was yeah. great. It's a great way to start college football. A little Heisman moment there, if you will, at the beginning of the season. Uh, it's hard to win it two years in a row, but everyone's gonna be watching. So, hey. Can I throw a question out there for for the gang? Yeah, yeah. Go. I mean, are we are we believing? Go ahead. Are, 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 I am buying. I am buying in right now that the Ohio State defense is going to be a much different looking animal 
in 2023, the uh, second year of the Jim Knowles as defensive coordinator. Not necessarily the second year of Jim Knowles and the 425, because they're going to they're going to look more like a conventional defense. I do believe, uh, you know, you've got to play multiple defenses in this day and age uh, of, of uh, multiple offenses and stuff. But I think this defense renaissance is going to be real. What's your take? Yeah, I've been saying it for months now. I think that this defense is going to be much better. I think if the defense got 25% better, the offense is not going to be 25% worse. And you were only one point away from beating Georgia last year. And I think you have more talent on this team than you did last year, one to 85. You don't have the quarterback, but you still have more. So yeah, I mean, obviously I picked Ohio State to win the national championship on the website on Friday. So yeah, I have to buy into the defense or else my pick just goes out the window because the defense is the only thing that's held them back. I was reading back over some coverage from the end of last season, the night of the college football playoff semifinal at the Peach Bowl. Andy and I got back to the hotel on the, what was that, 72nd floor or something? That 50, 50, the 52nd yeah. floor of the, the West and Peachtree. And I looked down over the city and I'm like, Eureka, I know what I'm going to write about. Sit down, bust out a column, go to bed at 5 a.m., publish it the next morning. The only defense that could stop Ohio State last year was Ohio State's defense. Was Ohio State's defense. Because Ohio State's offense did a lot, even in the Michigan game. 41 points should win you most football games. And so the defense, the only def, the only thing holding Ohio State back from the national championship last year was its own defense. If the defense is 25% better, I think it will be. If, see, unless the offense is 25% worse, you're getting better on the aggregate. Careful with that. Because if you go back and, re, and replay stuff I was saying before last year started, I go, Ohio State defense doesn't have to be total makeover. It just has to be like 25% better. And for most of the season, Last year, it was 25 to 30% better, maybe 40%. But the last two games, big plays killed them. Jim Knowles understands that. Jim Knowles making that comment the other day to us that keeping keeping things in front of the defense, in front of some people on the defense is a big deal this year. It's a big focal point. Uh, That just tells me that he gets it. Uh, He understands he has the players involved. I mean, you, you name every player on that defense, starting with potential high uh, Buckus award winner Tommy Eichenberg and branching out from there they've got veterans everywhere except for Sonny Styles and we're all thinking he's going to be the big well, breakout player time out a second Lathan Ransom I mean Jihad Carter I mean they've got some players on this defense but on 20 the backside of it 25 percent better from a Rose Bowl team should get you to the college football playoff it did but then it failed in the college football playoff 25 percent better this year, this time around wins you a national championship. We Andy, do you, what you do mean. you agree? Yeah, absolutely. But I think like, look, big plays and big moments win championships for a defense. Like I think a defense needs to be good enough to help you win games, win a national championship. Yes, there are some high scoring teams that end up winning national championships. We talked about <clears throat> ad nauseum how you need to score a lot of points to college football playoff. But look, when they went up 21 to 7 against Georgia, that was because Steel Chambers had an interception that led to a touchdown. You need plays like that in the third and fourth quarter. They played a strong third quarter. They were great on third down defensively. Oh, yeah. But in the fourth quarter, it all caved in. You need to have more takeaways. You need to be better on third down. And they need to make those big plays at the big moments. I think that they are much better suited to do that this season. And I really have confidence in that defensive front. I think it all starts there. Jim Knowles says that the back end in his system gets better in year two. I think that's going to be this year because of the defensive front. And we talked about it all the time. It goes hand in hand. When the defensive front is better, the back end is better. When the back end is better, the defensive front is better. I, get, I think it starts up front for Ohio State. I think they would be better with those four defensive ends. 
as well as the defensive tackles. Mike Hall, if he's healthy, could be the best defensive tackle in America. There you go. The, the, key, the key word is healthy. Maybe not, you're never going to be totally healthy, but the key word, and Larry Johnson has stressed it in, you know, talking about this rotation and everything else, you've got to get to December with a still pretty lethal uh, starting lineup or cadre of players, 18 or 20 players who can play. That's why they're going to still rotate guys in and out because you've got to, you know, you, you can lose championships in September, but the main thing you need to do is you need to build depth, quality depth and reliable depth. And I'm not sure they had that as the year went on last year. And they had so many guys banged up playing in that defense. It was crazy, including Tommy of two broken thumbs, Eichenberg. Uh, It will be crucial. That will be the, but that's crucial for everybody. The good news is no one cares about last year anymore because it is officially a new football season. You just said 25% better than last year. So you got to. I know, but we're turning the page. It's a new season. And the 2023 Buckeyes kick off in five days. The guy up there playing the tuba or whatever the hell he's playing is very excited. It's funny, guys. Okay. Flugelhorn up there. I think. I, again, it's an instrument, Tim. It's it's shiny. It plays good music. I, it, All that's what it is. Yep. Okay. So the funny thing is the parallels. I will go back to last year one more time. January first, twenty twenty three, at about twelve thirty a.m. Maybe even two a.m. Oh no! We not were, another. Not no. A- we were standing on the field for our post-game video. Just it's still it. pinned on the side of Letterman Row YouTube channel. We're standing on the field, and they got those stupid machines out there stripping the college football playoff logo off the field because in eight hours, the Falcons were going to play an NFL regular season game against your Arizona Cardinals. Now, Talk about a meaningless football game. Fast forward, fast forward to the first video of 2023. So the last video of 2022, we had to contend with all of that noise from those machines. And I remember, Tim, we were screaming oh, yeah. to get to even have it here. Now, the first video of 2023, we got an instrument up there uh, throwing us off again. Hey, me, I loved it. Improvise, adapt, and overcome. That's the motto the of the thing missing was cigar smoke, maybe, or something, you know, to really bring the ambiance of the college football season has arrived. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, even though this is a no smoking arena. Well, well, we can have a cigar if you'd like, Tim. I'm that's always. What I remember down. from a, from a high school going to watch high school games in Demopolis, Alabama, back in the early '60s. Man, I just like the smell of uh, of roasted peanuts and uh, cigar smoke and whatever. It was just you know I've always loved football, the atmosphere around football, high school and college football especially, and I'm fired up for it again. Uh, the scene at in Bloomington should be absolutely raucous. We know we, they love their football over there. All of the Indiana fans, I'm sure there won't be any Ohio State fans over there uh, who made the trip and got the tickets. Uh, obviously, just kidding. Ohio State's going to pack that place. The 40-year vet, Tim May, will be one of the people in attendance at that game. He will be over there in Bloomington. Andy Backstrom will be another. I will be there as well. Matt Park will be on the sidelines taking photos. We're going to have some recruiting coverage on Friday as well. Uh, tomorrow, Ryan Day Press Conference. Wednesday night, uh, player availability. I imagine we'll talk to some of the veterans, the captains. Uh, <laughs> that might be all. Thursday, Ryan Day will have his lightning round. That will be streamed at LettermanRow.com. And then Friday, of course, will be bold predictions. Will be some staff picks on the game Saturday uh, Ohio State now mandated to have an availability report because of the Big Ten rule. I'm sure that has to do. Uh, Ohio with, State always has had. Yeah, it's with other the, places where you, it was hit or miss. The folks out in the desert uh, have have spoken, and Ohio State will now have a mandated availability report. All of that coverage and more coming at LettermanRow.com. We are absolutely fired up for the start of the regular season. Uh, again, Tim, the 40-year vet, Andy, Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Two, the Monday before Ohio State versus Indiana. We will see you inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for rapid reaction to Randy's press conference tomorrow.